the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel welcome to episode 77 on the salem witch trials yeah Ooh, some spooky spoop, stuff gonna happen here spoopy i would definitely i just want to say this out loud first and foremost i would definitely be burned at the stake a hundred percent me too i would last maybe two minutes yeah so i'm glad that i'm alive now yeah, me and too. Not back then, because I wouldn't have made it. Me either. We would have been in some trubs. Yeah, at the gallows. Real quick. Super quick. Yeah. But before we get into the Salem Witch Trials, we got some business. Who we shouting out all day, every day? Every single, single, single episode. Jeremy, Rust oh. Hate 77. Jeremy, our knight in shining armor saved our lives he's a delight really he is he's wonderful he does all of our uh graphics that you see uh the last one was for ira einhorn and his unicorn hat love it um so yeah he's he's killing it every time and we love him for it yes we do he also did something super special for rachel he didn't do it just for me. He did it for us. He did. I'm so but, excited. But yes. So he left us a voice message, which, which you know, we love. Yeah, we do. And it took like not even a minute. Yeah. Yes. It's very easy. So we hear. So yeah. friends, leave, leave us, us voice messages. messages. <laughs> I mean, what else do we ask for? Except for not a Patreon lot. and get on our Discord. Our come to the meetup it's not a lot you guys we don't ask for a lot it really isn't (laughs) but uh but we are you can you yourself can leave a voice message by going into our show notes on any of our platforms there's a link there you can find it on mysteryhistorypodcast.com or you could even it doesn't have to be through anchor you can send it through facebook or instagram you can record messages there. So it doesn't have to be anchor. It can be whatever you want. You can send us an email with just a little recording uh, at mysteryhistorypod at gmail.com. Yep. So without further ado, we are going to play Jeremy's little message here. So here he is. Good day, ladies. Jeremy here from New Brunswick, Canada or Nova Scotia, wherever I am at the moment. Rust Hate 77, who does the episode art for anybody who might be listening. I just want to thank you both for the opportunity to work out my creative muscle and allowing me to help you with the show. You'll give me the episode theme, and then this deluge of ideas kind of wash over me. But I want to hold true to your brand, and I find myself really kind of making images that make me laugh, like Ira and his, uh, his unicorn hat. I just, when I heard the unicorn killer, that's what went through my mind. Um, love the episodes and I look forward to them each week. You have such a fun and great dynamic that you can tell you have both been friends forever and just please keep the content coming. And also thank you both for the undeserved praise at the beginning of the show. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. We're so excited to have you as part of our team. You are integral. So Mm -hmm. we are really, really grateful for you. Yes, we are. Um, He stays on top of things. We send him emails asking for all kinds of stuff, um, crazy things. And he always delivers and we love him. So we do. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks for the the voice message. It's lovely to hear your voice because it is. We know that you probably hear our voice all the time, but it's nice to hear your voice too, all the way from, uh, from Canada. All the way from Canada. Yep. Other countries. Other countries. We're worldwide, baby. International. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, like always, like, share, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're able to. We really appreciate it. Um, 
You can like us on Instagram, Facebook, all at Mystery History Podcast, and uh, leave us some love. That's Please the do. that's that's the best way that you can help us without, you know, having to give anything monetarily. Just mm-hmm. sharing it with your friends, uh, so we can get more listeners. So yeah, we grow our listenership base. Yep. We appreciate all you guys. Um, and then the last thing. Our Patreon, we have a $2 tier and a $5 tier. Right now we have a special. If you join, you will get a sticker and you will get a personalized note, handwritten, mm-hmm. carried by love. by a pigeon to your home. Okay. You got pigeons? No. I mean, it I got might some be seagulls. a pigeon. No promises. There's you a- don't have seagulls. I didn't know that seagulls were by the river, but they are. Are they yeah. river gulls? I would probably call them river goals. Okay. So you'll get a hand delivered letter by a river goal. You might get the letter if that's how it's going out. <laughs> you might not. You might. It <laughs> could happen. Um, and then of course we got our discount codes, depending on what tier you are, 10% or 20% off your purchase. Rachel really wants to share our videos on our Patreon I don't know. I'm nervous. Really. I'm just trying to think of ways to get some Patreon listenership. And we've been record. I mean, we've been recording these for a while now, mm-hmm. so we may as well do something with them. So yeah. if you want to just- see our faces, I mean, it's not great. Most of the time <laughs> it's no, makeup. you always, you always look good. I always roll up in here with greasy hair, looking all crazy. Like that for <laughs> the last like, time, whenever hey, post this, <laughs> Whenever let's we did the Ira thing, I, I had nothing on. I might not oh. have even had a bra, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I had a sports bra and I mean, I was not looking cute. But again, I mean, hey. it's whatever. It I is. think people might like it because it, it lets people see us like actually having the conversation, like looks on our faces and stuff. So we give some know. looks. We, could, we do give some looks. So we're, we're talking about it. We might do that. We'll see. I just learned how to snip a video. (laughs) Yeah. It took her all week. You guys, the, that post from the Ira podcast, I mean, seriously all week to get like snipped up and, and then put, and then I had to post it after you tried to post it and couldn't. So, I mean, that was a labor of love there. (laughs) Not fun. And, and thank you. I want to shout out real quick. Um, Oops. I'm sorry. Um, big bow talks, bow talks with big Jim podcast. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, I was running into some issues on how to edit some of our videos. Cause I am not a technical person, but I can learn anything off of YouTube and with help from our friends. And they were very helpful in trying to point me in the best direction to mm-hmm. learn how to edit our videos. So thank you. Shout out to them. Um, they're always super helpful whenever I have a question and they have a podcast too that you can, uh, you can listen to They're lovely folks. We should like tag them in something. So, so people can follow it off the Instagram. It's such a nice community where everyone's so willing to help one another. It's, it's great. It really is. It, it's nice to be among friends and everybody wanting the other person to be successful and, um, and grow in the listenership. So, uh, so yeah, go, go give them some love. Cause they're awesome people. Mm-hmm. You got any other business things we need to attend to? I don't think so. I mean, our meetup is coming in 10 days. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We're going to have so much fun. I'm really stoked about this. It's going to be really fun. Uh, we just did a Patreon episode on, um, these bachelor's grove cemetery literally five seconds ago (laughs) my brain isn't working um but we talked that's in chicago we were talking about possibly you know doing a meetup in chicago in a few months maybe more than a few months but um but maybe get some folks together for that yeah definitely we're going to be doing more of those because rachel and i like to travel together anyway um Mm -hmm. and we why not make it a group thing yeah more the merrier absolutely good time lovely all right well you want to get us started off on this horrible time in the world yeah 
yeah, let's. The Salem Witch Trials. So in colonial Massachusetts, between 1692 and 1693, more than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft. So like 200 might not seem like a lot, but in 1692, it was was like a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And that's- There wasn't a lot of people here. And that's in one year. So 200 divided by 12 is 16 people a a month. month. Yeah. That's a a lot. lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 20 of those 200 people were executed. Throughout Europe between the 1300s and toward the end of the 1600s, many practicing Christians believed that the devil could give certain people known as witches power to harm others in return for their loyalty. This caused a witchcraft craze where tens of thousands of supposed women, most of whom were, oh, of people, most of whom were women were executed. Yeah. And it is, I didn't realize when doing the notes that there were as many men as there were. I thought that they were all women, uh, but there were some men who were got in the way. Yeah. Accused of warlock being a warlock Mm -hmm. and were killed also as the craze was winding down in Europe. It's found its way to Salem, Massachusetts in 1688 English rulers, William and Mary started a war with France in the American colonies. This was known as King William's war to colonists. And it swept through upstate New York, Nova Scotia, and Quebec. This sent refugees to the County of Essex and Salem village in the Massachusetts Bay colony. With the amount of people resettling here, it put a strain on the resources Salem had to offer and caused a lot of tension between families with ties to the wealth of the Port of Salem and those who still depended on farming. Trouble also came to be when Reverend Samuel Paris uh, came to town because Salem's, he was Salem's first ordained minister in 1689. Samuel was hated by many who disliked his rigid ways and greedy nature. The Puritan villagers believed all of the fighting was because of the devil's work. I wish that was an excuse today. The devil's work? Yeah. All of the fighting? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm really glad that we don't have a rigid and... Well, I mean, whatever. (laughs) Rigid. There is still some rigid people around. I don't know. Reverends. We don't have any reverends like ruling the towns anymore. Because again, I would still be in trouble, as would you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In January 1692, Reverend Paris's daughter, Elizabeth, she also goes by Betty. Uh, So if you hear her called as Betty, that's who we're talking about, who was age nine and niece Abigail Williams, age 11, started having these fits and they would scream. They would throw things. They started making weird sounds and would fold themselves into these strange positions and contort their bodies. The local doctor, William Griggs, blamed the supernatural like you do in 1692 and said it was bewitchment. Yep. Doesn't take a lot, does it? No. How easy would it be to be a doctor back then? I mean, like you probably everything. only have like five things you can say and yeah. 95% of them is probably bewitchment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the devil in you. Sorry, kid. Like that's pretty well it. Another girl, Ann Putnam, age 11, started having similar symptoms. On February 29th, under pressure from the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, the girls blamed three women for afflicting them. Yikes. Tatuba, the Paris's the, the, the Paris's Caribbean slave, Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an old poor woman. Soon after, Anne Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Mary Warren started exhibiting signs of the affliction. So were they eating bad berries or something? I mean, what is happening? It's a bewitchment. Oh, this is like the the craze thing that we talked about in Uh another episode. They're like, oh, she's crazy. I think I'm crazy too. Exactly. (laughs) Spreads like wildfire. Sure does. All three women were brought before the local magistrates and questioned for several days, starting on March 1st, 1, 1692. 
Osborne and Good claimed that they were innocent, but Tituba confessed that the devil came to me and bid me serve him. Oh, she started it? She started it. Why did she do that? Well, she told them that there were black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a black man who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted she signed the book and said that there were several witches who wanted to destroy the Puritans. She apologized for hurting Paris's daughter. She said once Betty started having strange fits, she made a witch cake, which was a mixture of rye and Betty's urine. She cooked it and then fed it to a dog with the hopes that the dog would reveal who was afflicting Betty. Paris beat Tituba until she confessed. So I think probably she confessed because he was beaten the shit of out that. of her. Okay, yeah, that would be important to know at the beginning. I mean, and if you're getting beat, you'll say whatever, well. right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Tituba was put in jail for 13 months. There was a seven-pound jailer fee that needed to be paid for her to be released, and Paris refused, absolutely was like, hell no, that he was going to pay that. An unknown person actually paid the seven pounds and bought her and her husband as slaves. And nothing else is known of Tituba or where she was or where she went. Well, I'm glad that she didn't die. That's very shocking to me that they didn't just string her up. Yeah, because that... I mean, I think is the direction in which this is going. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, I don't want to say it's lucky that you got bought, but right. well, that she did not die. I almost think it's a blessing that she did get bought because if she went back to the Paris's who he thought that she, she bewitched that. her, he might have yeah. killed her. Right. Should have had a life that was very difficult not saying she didn't anyways but worse way know. worse yeah. yeah osborne and good were also put in jail good's four-year-old daughter dorothy was questioned by the magistrates and because she gave timid answers they took the answers as an admission of guilt could you imagine a four being four years old and being like i have a hell? four-year-old she would be timid if people were asking me questions are asking questions about me yeah absolutely like that's terrible even if they questioned her and said hey what's the weather doing outside it would probably be timid because yeah she's four especially questioning her where did they question her in front of a bunch of people i mean that's and if a stranger's talking like that's terrible yep good was in a considerable amount of debt and her and her family were homeless She often begged for work, food, and shelter from her neighbors and would yell at them if they did not help her. Seven people testified against her when she was tried for witchcraft. Once on the stand, one of the afflicted girls accusing her cried out that she was being stabbed with a knife by the apparition of good. After more examining, the girl was found with a broken knife. Mm -hmm. She was stabbing herself? She was stabbing herself. Essentially, yes. However, a young man came forward and said that the knife had broken the day before and he had thrown it away in the presence of the girl. The girl was told not to lie again, but it did not change the verdict of the court in in Good's favor. So, I mean, there's no innocence here. Like, you are not innocent until proven guilty. Like, these women are just guilty. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I feel like it's, and we'll read on. I feel like a lot of them are problems for the community and it's their way of getting rid of them, which is terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. That is not how you take care of your community. So now that paranormal paranoia was seeping through Salem, more accusations would follow for the next few months. Charges were brought against Martha Corey, who was a loyal member of the church People felt like if she could be a witch, then it could literally literally be anybody because she was an upstanding member of society. She was good in the church and all of that stuff. Yeah. And the questioning got more serious in April when Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning. 
Yikes. So they're just bringing everybody. Yeah, the the town and all the people around it. Mm-hmm. On May 27th, 1692, Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of a special court of oyer to hear and a terminer to decide for Suffolk, Essex, and Middlesex counties. The first case, which was brought to the special court, was Bridget Bishop, an older lady known to be a gossip and a bit promiscuous. When she asked if she committed or when she asked if she committed witchcraft, Bishop responded, I am as innocent as the child unborn. The defense did not find it convincing, and she was found guilty. On June 10th, she was the first person to be hanged on, on what was later called Gallows Hill. Yeah. She didn't so they have were a just, chance. No. She was just get, they were just getting rid of people they didn't want. Old lady sluts. Yep. So the... I'm going to read you the procedure that was used in the Salem witchcraft trials. So, I mean, you'll see how freaking easy it was. Number one, the afflicted person makes a compliment to the mat. Or I'm sorry, compliment. Definitely not a compliment. A complaint. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the opposite to the magistrate about a suspected witch. The complaint is sometimes made through a third person. Number two, the magistrate issues a warrant for the arrest of the accused person. So, that, I mean, that's it. If somebody says you're a witch, you're getting arrested. Yeah. Three, the accused person is taken into custody and examined by two or more magistrates. If after listening to testimony, the magistrate believes that the accused person is probably guilty, the accused person is sent to jail for possible reexamination and to await trial. So there's no evidence that needs to be had. It's just the magistrate saying. Yeah, "Yeah, you look like you could be a witch. Yeah. (laughs) Number four, the cases presented to the grand jury. Depositions relating to the guilt or innocence of the accused are entered into evidence. Five, if the accused is indicated by the by the grand jury, he or she is tried before the court of Oyer and Terminer. A jury instructed by the court decides the defendant's guilt. Number six, the convicted defendant receives his or her sentence from the court. In each case at Salem, the convicted defendant was sentenced to be hanged on a specific date. Number seven, the sheriff and his deputies carry out the sentence of death on the specified date. So that's it. I mean. Yeah, not a lot there. Not a lot. Just pointing your finger and it landing on somebody and they're going to die pretty much. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if your neighbor like looks at you funny. Yeah. So you let your grass get a little long mm-hmm. or something. A Be dog, like, your dog barks at them. Like it's the devil's right, work. Like any little thing you could just be like, I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. They're a witch. That's crazy. Five days later, Minister Cotton Mather wrote a letter asking the court not to allow spectral evidence, which means a testimony based on dreams and visions. Insane that they have to even say that. that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You can have a vision of make up anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have like vivid nightmares all the time. Yeah. And the fact that any of that would be permissible in court is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a dream that this happened. Like, what? And, and doesn't the- that make it seem like even though 200 people is kind of astronomical for the time in a year's span, that with that, there wasn't 500. Like, it's the whole town. Kind of, it's also kind of insane that out of 200 people, only 20 people got ha- hanged. If you could be like, I had a dream. (laughs) Well, and that it could just be the magistrate saying, oh, yeah, Hmm. could be a witch. She'd be looking like a witch. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you would think that number would actually be higher, I would think. The court ignored their request and five more people were sentenced and hung in July, five more in August and eight in September. Not good. Not at all. October 3rd. 
um, Increase Mather, who was the father of Cotton and the president of Harvard, denounced the use of spectral evidence, saying it was better than 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. So he's the only like normal logical human up in this place. Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) I know. And he's completely right. He is completely right. Governor Phipps, in response to Mather's plea and his own wife being questioned for witchcraft, stopped any further arrests and released many accused witches and dissolved the court of Oyer and Terminer on October 29th. Okay. So after his wife, he's like, this has gone too far. <laughs> yeah. Too far. <laughs> Stop too close to home once. now. Let's right. Not. It takes his wife. Okay. Phipps replaced it with a superior court of judicature, which stopped spectral evidence and only condemned three out of 56 defendants. Phipps eventually pardoned all who were in prison on witchcraft charges by May 19, or 1693, but already 19 people had been hung. One had been pressed to death with stones and between four and 13 died in prison. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine what prison was like back then because oh my it was good God. It was hard yeah. enough to just live in yeah. the outside world in the right. 1600s. I right. Mean, yeah. Never. Uh, yeah. People definitely probably starved to death in there, got all sorts of infections. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gout. I don't even know what gout is, but it sounds like something you would get in prison. <laughs> <laughs> And Giles Corey, who we will talk much more about later, he was the one who was pressed to death with stones, which sounds terrible. Oh, my gosh. Awful. I would much rather be hung, I think. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That would be way faster. (laughs) Right. So on July 10th, Bridget Bishop, Bishop, who we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, was the first accused and had the most individuals who accused her of witchcraft than any other defendant. So they really didn't like her. She was a member in good standing with the church until the day she died. Bridget was known in the community to keep the gossip mill busy, publicly fighting with her various husbands, keeping guests in her home until late in the night, drinking and playing a forbidden game called shovelboard. It's not shuffleboard, it's shovelboard. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fun. Why is it forbidden? (laughs) I don't know. Just like a um, woman keeping guests in her house past dark is like super taboo. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. And being a, the mistress of two thriving taverns in town, she dressed more showy than the other women described as wearing a black cap, a, a cape, excuse me, a black hat and a red paragon bodice bordered and looped with different colors. So she was bedazzled. Mm hmm. And people don't like that in Puritan culture. People are peanut butter and jealous is what the hell they, they are. are. They like, are. <laughs> uh, She never, this is the shocker to me. She never had met any of her accusers until she was questioned by them. And the girls screamed out in pain saying she was causing it. So she never met these girls. Oh my it almost, God. It almost is almost like were the parents planting this seed. And these kids' yeah. minds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have to have been. Like, kids don't get those kinds of ideas on their own, nope. I don't think. So, yes, I would say that that is probably exactly what happened. And that's just crazy. Same on them. Like, she just living her, her good life. Mm-hmm. And people are out to get her. I don't know. Poor Bridget in her fancy dress. Yeah, her bodice. Here for it. Uh, July 19th, Rebecca Nurse, 71 years old. I mean, if you were 71 years old in freaking 1692, living the hard life, just leave these people alone. You need to get a prize <laughs> for making it yeah. this far. Oh. She was one of the first unlikely witches to be accused. She was known in the community as truly saint-like. 39 prominent members of the community spoke on Nurse's behalf, but all attempts to save her were in vain. She was excommunicated from Salem and hung at the gallows. Freaking why? Why? Yeah, why? Oh my gosh. 
so leave this old lady alone Mm -hmm. and that's probably like all and with her being like truly saint-like and and a good church goer and everything like that and to have those people turn against you even though 39 prominent people tried to help her and Mm -hmm. it still wasn't enough i mean what more yeah bridget didn't stand a chance yeah (laughs) yeah no shit uh, so on July 19th, also Sarah Good, Suzanne Martin, Elizabeth Howe, and Sarah Wilds were also hung. August 19th, George Burroughs, he was the first guy. Um, he served as a minister for nine years when he was arrested. Abigail Freaking No Hawk. one is safe. Nobody. Like, no one is safe. Yeah. A a girl named Abigail Hobbs confessed that magical dolls had been given to her by Burroughs. And 19-year-old Mercy Lewis claimed that Burroughs had carried her to a high mountain and showed her all the kingdoms of earth and told her that he would give them all to her if she would write in his book. Several confessed witches identified Burroughs as being a sorcerer who would hold all the meetings and get-togethers in diabolical operations. So he was like the man, mm-hmm. supposedly. This is insane. It really is. I would love to, like, how well documented is this? Because I want to know. Like, like, I could only, I couldn't find, these are the people that I could find this stuff on was because some of these people I couldn't find anything on um and I mean from the 1600s yeah probably not super well documented who are these confessed witches right people were just trying to drag them down with them (laughs) and what up with mercy like who comes up with that shit on their own they don't even have tv to like get these ideas mountain from the Bible, me the world sounds like if something out of the Bible. Book. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it is. So, also on August nineteenth, Martha Carrier, John Willard, George Jacobs Senior, they were also. Was this when they were hung? Also yes. hung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Proctor was among them. Um, he was accused of witchcraft by twenty-one-year-old Mary Warren, who was a servant for the Proctor House. John's wife was accused and questioned. And when he stood up for her in the proceedings, he was then accused himself. John's wife escaped execution only because she was pregnant. John was the first man to be named a witch in Salem. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke on George. Well, there it's same day. Yeah. Same yeah. day. And, and only because oh. he stood up for his wife. Yeah. And then what her, her, prize there for escaping execution as she gets to be a single mom in a freaking freaking puritan place where everybody thinks you're a witch yeah not for me no thanks and no and that's thanks. the problem like where do you go like it's not like yeah you it's not like you can to just another like colony. leave town yeah right yeah it's not like yeah you can't throw your shit in the car and drive mm-hmm. to the next town over where no one knows your name <laughs> yeah so on september 19th gills Corey. Uh, Giles. Was, what did I say? Gills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I drunk? It's a nice fish. Yeah. It's a nice fish. Because I'm big. Good eyes. <laughs> That's a bad boys too reference for anybody who doesn't know. Highly recommend it. Everybody knows, right? No. I don't know. If they I don't do. know either, but they should. They should. That's the best line in the whole movie. Okay. Giles. Giles? Giles. Giles. That's a name. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. It does. Okay. He was (laughs) he was pressed to death by heavy stones. He was stop laughing because you're making me laugh. Sorry. (laughs) This is not funny. This is terrible. No, it's not funny. So knock it off. Okay. Giles. 80, he was an 80 year old farmer who was a full member of the church, 80 years old, leave these people years alone. Old. I know like they're going to die soon. Anyways, leave them alone. Good. He, 
He was the husband of Martha Corey, who we'll talk about later. He spoke out against his wife's innocence and the girls turning their accusations from his wife to him. So same kind of situation. He stood up. Oh, now you're a witch. Anne Putnam said that Giles had visited her. (laughs) I laugh every time I say it now and asked her (laughs) to write in the devil's book. And I don't know where the hell they get this devil's book thing. Is that for their souls? Yeah, it is. I think it's like something where if you sign it, you get like powers or whatever, but it's like, well, where's the book at? Right. And what happened to the book? (laughs) And so, so he visited her and told her to write in the devil's book. Later, she claimed that a ghost appeared before her to announce that it had been murdered by Giles, which is a fucking lie. That is the fucking lie. <laughs> An 80 year old isn't murdering anybody. Okay. Nope. The other girls described him as a dreadful wizard. He refused to plead guilty or not guilty, which at the time meant he could not be tried to avoid people cheating justice. The legal remedy was for people refusing to plead was I'm going to say this wrong. Pene forte. E dure. Yeah. Which is French obviously for hard and how you say that it totally is i nailed that for hard and forceful punishment at this time if you enter a plea and are executed your estate and assets would go to the state which is kind of fucked up that's super fucked up even if you say i'm not guilty yeah and they kill you you're you lost your shit yeah yeah you lost all your shit As a result of his refusal to plead on September 17th, Corey was subjected to the procedure by Sheriff George Corwin, but he was steadfast in that refusal, nor did he cry out in pain as the rocks were placed on the boards. After two days, Corey was asked three times to enter a plea, but each time he replied more weight. So this took place over several days. It wasn't just like one and done. It's days Mm -hmm. and agony. And, and the also sheriff, he's 80 years old. Yeah. And the sheriff complied. So he put more shit on him. Occasionally, Corwin would even stand on the stones himself, which is really screwed up. Mean. Robert Kalf, who was a witness along with other townsfolk, later said in the pressing, Giles Corey's tongue was pressed out of his mouth. The sheriff with his cane forced it in again. There are several accounts of Corey's last words. The most commonly told one is that he repeated his request for more weight. And this was how it was dramatized in the crucible, but it may also have been more rocks. So they don't really know. Another telling notes it as damn you. I curse you and Salem. Since Corey refused to plead, he died in full possession of his estates, which would otherwise have been forfeited to the government passed on to his two son-in-laws in accordance to his will. So he knew he was screwed either way, but at least yeah, this I think way he, knew he was going to die. At least this way, his son-in-law's got something out of, out of that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like how bad are your bones at 80 years old in the 1600s? I mean, osteoporosis is super set in. I'm sure they're they lucky. don't have a lot of like just... milk. Well, they're just like, he didn't like super get crushed. Like everything just crunch down uh, it would have been better that way if he would have passed yeah quickly. sooner so it wasn't as torturous but yeah, it's just awful it's terrible three days three and days you're just and you're probably in the middle of the town square like with uh, yep. everybody just passing you by as you're getting yeah. crushed to death like uh-huh. you don't even exist yeah or or you do exist and people are just stopping to watch yeah which is also not great I like it. So September 22nd, Martha Corey married to Giles Corey. She publicly questioned the accusations of the girls during trial. They would scream and cry saying that Martha was biting, scratching and strangling them during questioning. Ann Putnam said that she had seen her praying to the devil outside the window at the Putnam home during a family dinner. She was sent to jail. So this Putnam girl sounds like uh, a real bitch. Yeah. Pain in the ass in that town. I mean, wow. 
She sounds like a witch to me. Yeah, because she's freaking essentially getting these per- people murdered mm-hmm. because of her made up stories. Yep. See you in hell, Anne. Mm-hmm. You know you're there. Mary, Mary Eastie, sister of Rebecca Nurse, she was accused of afflicting the girls. And when she clenched and released her hands, it would break the girls' necks. Hmm. They're Come really on. stretching it. They are. If she could do that, she would just kill everybody right there, right? Like that's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously she can't do that. Yeah. Um, she was sentenced to prison for two months, then discharged. However, the girls she supposedly afflicted started claiming they were being strangled by her. After being back with her family for two days, Mary was rearrested and taken back to prison. She was sentenced to death on September 9th, which was carried out on September 22nd. Damn, I bet she wishes she would have run. Well, she thought she was off the hook. Yeah. That's what sucks. She thought she'd made it. Right. So also on September 22nd, Anne Pewditor, Alice Parker, Mary Parker, Wilmot Red, Margaret Scott, and Samuel Wardell were all put to death. And then these are the folks who, some of the folks who died in prison. Sarah Osborne, Roger Toothaker, Lindia Dustin, and Ann Foster. And there was as many as nine others who were not named that died in prison. Following the trials and executions, many confessed error and guilt with the verdicts that were reached. On January 14th, 19, or 1697, the general court ordered a day of fasting and soul searching for the tragedy of Salem. In 1702, the colony passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of those accused. Little fucking late bros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. They also granted them 600 pounds in restitution to their heirs. However, it was not until 1957, more than 250 years later, that Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692, which at that point, I mean, you didn't do it. Right, right. It doesn't count. It wasn't Massachusetts. It was the freaking people, the Puritans in Massachusetts. (laughs) Losing their damn Uh Yeah. That's crazy. Today, more people continue to research the happenings that took place in Salem. There has to be some reason other than bewitchment, witchcraft, mm-hmm. la di da, that was causing this issue. So, mm-hmm. psychologist Linda Corporal, who published a study in Science Magazine in 1976, blamed the abnormal habits of the accused on the fungus ergo, which can be found in rye, wheat, and other cereal grasses. Toxicologists say that eating ergo contaminated foods can lead to muscle spasms, vomiting, delusion, and hallucinations. Why can't I say things? Hallucinations. What? How do you say it? Hallucinations. Holy. We both wanted to say hallucinogenations. (laughs) (laughs) New word. It should count. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Webster, get your shit together. Okay. So the fungus thrives in warm and damp climates like Salem Village. And rye was a staple grain, of course, during the spring and summer months. So, so this these could be. girls were getting tummy aches and having hallucinations from eating a fungus. And then the muscle spasms could be a reason for them like contorting, like. Mm-hmm. It makes sense ah, to me. That does make sense. I can, I mean, I see that. And yeah. I guess if you're going to hallucinate, uh, hallucinating about poor Bridget Bishop, the hottest bitch in town. Right. With her bodice. Makes sense. Yeah. And her colorful colors. Yeah. That's where Stay you're going to go. Say jelly. So the sheriff's curse is something in this town. In 1978, Salem Sheriff Robert E. Cahill was forced to retire due to developing a rare blood condition and heart problems. After looking into the history of the department at the sheriff's office, he discovered a chilling pattern. The sheriff before him had also developed a rare blood condition, 
and the sheriff before that had died of a heart attack and the sheriff before that and the sheriff before that Mm -hmm. i'm seeing a trend i'm seeing a trend too Apparently, Cahill found that as far back as the records went, every Salem sheriff since Corwin had suffered some sort of heart or blood problem. Some say the curse was broken when the sheriff's office was moved from Salem to the town of Middleton in 1991, but others aren't so sure. So I think like that goes back to um, now I'm thinking about it. It could be Giles. What did we say? Giles? Giles. I don't know. I think we screwed it up. (laughs) We're going to go with Giles? Giles. I don't know anymore. Every time I want to say a different thing. I can say it's definitely not Gills. <laughs> Gills would have solved everything. That was not it for oh. sure. But anyways, I think like they said that he cursed the town and also that sheriff that is who, you know, stood on him and shit. Corwin. No, I'm still thinking about Giles. 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 We need to watch Buffy. How's it pronounced in that? It's Giles, Giles. isn't it? Yeah, Giles. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's supposed to be Giles. It's Giles, Corey. Right? No disrespect to him. At he was all. A yeah, good we man. just don't. We just can't we talk don't know right. anything. Mm-mm. It's us. Yeah, disrespect definitely. on us. But anyways, I think he cursed the town and the sheriff. So the idea is all of the sheriffs since him have some sort of heart issue or rare blood disease issue and they all have to retire and die at some point as we all do but them from those things well i'll tell you one thing i would never be a sheriff in salem i know and why did it take till 1978 for this guy to be like hey he should have been a detective (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) mistakes then he never would have discovered the sheriff's curse right (laughs) Um, in August 1992, to mark the 300th anniversary of the trials, Noble Lorette Eli Weasel dedicated the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem. The Peabody Essex Museum has original court documents from the trial, so they do have some of them. I'm sure not all of them because there were so many. Um, yeah. They also have a tourist attraction, the Salem Witch Museum bucket list. Get on there. Mm-hmm. That would be sweet. The only building that still stands in Salem with direct ties to the witch trials is the 17th century home of Judge Jonathan Corwin. He was one of the magistrates and questioned the accused of witchcraft. So his house is the only one. And then honorable mention, the Satanist people. Who was it that set up shop there? Um, Is it the Satanic Temple? Yeah, the Satanic Temple. The statue of Bofumet is housed there. Um, there's a lot of different. I was looking at it today because I'd like to go there. And Rachel, maybe Rachel and I can road trip there. We should. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of different tours that you can take. And one of them happens to be uh, a Satanic Temple tour. Uh, that's where they're home offices I guess is what you would call it but um, but yeah there's a lot of different tours history tours paranormal tours um, things like that that you can see in Salem and it just looks like a really cute cool town to go visit with a lot of interesting history unfortunately some of it dark but yeah for sure a lot of do you know who this Eli Weissel person is the Nobel laureate? No. He's an author, uh, which is why he won a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and he is the author of a book called Night. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? It's a, a memoir based on his experiences as a prisoner in Nazi concentration camps during hmm. World War II. Wow. Yeah. I knew I had heard his name before and I was like, wait a second. And I'm pretty sure I've read that book before. I've read a lot on Nazi Germany, but I don't think that does not ring a bell. Yeah, Probably it is freaking um, sad. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm sure it is. And. But yeah, that would be um, worth looking at. I knew his name was familiar. I was wondering yeah. if he knew who that was. So that's kind of like fitting in a way mm-hmm, that he was, he was one to dedicate too. it. Yeah, 
yeah. unfairly and unjustly. So that is the so good piece in to that together. Throw that baby tidbit in there. Well, detective yeah. I got here, I huh? I'm like, hey, I know that guy. That name's um, familiar. But yeah, we definitely will. We should go. I think that would be so fun. Oh, and we should so wait too. until, you know, though, I would kind of like to wait until the kids are a little bit older so we can do like fam trip. Oh, yeah. I think the kids would like it. I mean, and if they didn't, the husbands can go do kids stuff and we can go to Salem Witch Museum. That's right. I think so. We don't want to scar them. I'm already no, saying I don't want to like scare them. Oh, yeah. It's going to be My Evie and Lana. To- that need to they're, be doing this when we retire they're gonna they're gonna be like two peas in a pod my kid cannot stop talking about death right now and i'm like i don't know what to say to you <laughs> <laughs> like uh she's like telling did i tell you she was like telling a joke the other day and she said something about like we were telling jokes and you know kids when they like make up jokes they're like nonsensical and she told a joke and said something about the like mommy sheep died something so like killed something mm-hmm. and I was like um that's not funny like we don't joke about death you know trying to do like yeah. the right like how do you ha- have the right response to that and I was like you know we can talk about death but like we don't really want to joke about it because it's not funny and I was trying to get out the door I think to meet up with you and then I like went and grabbed some stuff and I come out and the poor thing is crying because Aww. I didn't, I was like, what's wrong? And she said, you didn't think my joke was funny. <laughs> oh no. Well, damn. Like, yeah, there's, there's no way around this. Um, sorry, but please don't say, uh, you're going to die someone in preschool because <laughs> he's stone cold. That's so funny. Yeah. Like we're going to be in trouble. All right. <laughs> like, get it together. Parent teacher teacher conferences are going to be super fun for you. I feel awkward. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, to cite our sources, it will. Uh, we went to SmithsonianMag.com, Salem.org, Famous-Trials.com, and Wiki. Yup. That Famous Trials website is pretty cool. It's got like all the famous trials. <laughs> Like Does you would, it? uh, yeah. Who but would have guessed? <laughs> but it's pretty informative, and uh, you know, some stuff that that you probably wouldn't think of. Um, so I highly recommend checking that website out. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? No. Okay. Well, this was a fun episode. I mean, as fun as it can be, uh, talking about yeah. terrible things, Rough. but. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you have a great week and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.